emotions are important as a catalyst to take action. The reason why we'll choose to upend the status quo will usually be driven by emotion. But then we have to let our minds take over and to assess and analyze choices and make the smartest decisions that we can. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, Yona Weiss, and it gives me tremendous pleasure to talk to someone today who's probably one of the smartest guys I know. You know, they say, you know, don't be the smartest guy in the room. So if I'm ever in the room with Bernard, I don't have any problems whatsoever. So without further ado, let me just introduce Bernard Reese, CPA, and all kinds of other alphabet soup after his name. What's going on, Bernard? How are you doing today? Great to be here. I am so excited about doing this show with Yona Weiss. Uh, we, we've crossed paths so many places, real estate connections, meetup, LinkedIn, Facebook. It just feels so at home and it's always great to see your smile. And many times in person. I think whenever I'm in Brooklyn, you know, Bernard's one of the first people I look up to have a coffee with or, or lunch or whatnot. So it gives me great pleasure to do this, even though we're Zooming and, you know, miles away. But a little bit about Bernard, okay? He is who I affectionately call Tali, but we're not going to call him that on this, uh, this podcast because no one will understand what that means. But he is the founder of Reshore Financial, right? 401kcheckbook.com, agentfinancial.com. We're going to put it all in the show notes. Guys, this is someone who lives his life helping people with their self-directed retirement accounts, empowering others to take control of their financial situation. So Bernard, tell me, you know, how did you get, because you're a CPA, okay? You have a license and you have a bunch of other licenses. What, tell me about those licenses and, and you know, what, what kind of brought you to the retirement space? That's a great question. And I'll give you all the context, all the details. Hopefully, we won't give you more than you asked for. Yeah, let's keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> so the short version of this is um, I've got kind of every kind of financial license and certification out there. And my background is actually not in technical finance or technical tax. And my background, my family, all small business owners, uh, people that don't have that kind of expertise. And I kind of grew up without that. And I got to observe my family, um, although you know, financially they achieved wonderful things, something was missing. And I kind of set out to say, all right, I'm going to master this area, the technical aspects of tax and finances. And in order to achieve that, I realized you have to know every component of a financial profile. Um, if you only understand the tax part, you're going to miss things. If you only understand the investing side, you're going to miss things. If you only know insurance, you're going to miss things. It's really about being able to take a holistic and integrated approach. Um, and only then can you really get things to where they have to be optimally. Right. Awesome. And so you were dealing, you know, first before you, you started this company, Reshore Financial, helping people with their, you know, retirement accounts, self-directing them. You were, like you said, had a securities license and, you know, an insurance 
license, you were doing other things. What led you to, you know, find a space and, and create your own company within the kind of empowering other people to, to you know, self-directing retirement accounts? When you're in the kind of traditional financial space, you're a CPA and you're helping people, you'll find that those that introduce the greatest amount of financial strategy to you or tools or suggestions will be so-called financial advisors and life insurance agents. And as a CPA, I was kind of due diligencing a lot of the things that were put forth, um, suggestions that were suggested by life insurance agents and financial advisors to high net worth individuals. Mm-hmm. And upon kind of doing the due diligence, really checking out the tax basis, um, the tax positions, the tax risks involved in all of those, I realized that these are all, they're presenting all sorts of stuff and only yeah. telling you half the story. Uh, the real risks behind them are not being presented. And again, that's not to say that the strategies are no good. It just means their clients, and in those cases, they were our mutual clients, right. were at risk of making uninformed decisions. Um, of course, everybody can undertake uh, take on risk, but it has to be an educated choice. Yeah. Uh, so that's what kind of led me to the space where you're self-directed and we're putting you in the driver's seat so you can kind of make your own choices uh, without being tied to somebody else selling you products. Yeah. And these type of, I guess, people or, you know, advisors and things like that come across in, you know, in every industry, in every industry whatsoever. So, you know, are you finding any difference within the self-directed retirement industry that, you know, people are more giving more informed decisions about people, about your finances and about your retirement accounts? And you, you kind of feel more comfortable in that in that role. So I'm more comfortable with what I do, uh, which is giving people control and really giving them the education, telling them about the yeses, the nos, and the maybes. But with regard to the space overall, uh, what I found is people are people, mm-hmm. and in every industry there are going to be people that are upstanding and they're going to try to do the best. Uh, by their prospects and clients, and there are those that will not. So frankly, uh, what I've learned is there's not a great distinction between whether you're investing in mutual funds and using and life insurance policies or whether you're being sold some other financial product. Mm-hmm. In every industry, uh, there are people that are going to try to do right by you uh, and people that won't. Um, it's just the way human beings are. They're, you know, salespeople are salespeople. And they can find their way into any industry. Yes. And I don't like faulting salespeople uh, because sales is a wonderful thing. Sales (laughs) is a wonderful thing. Uh, I know wonderful people that are in sales. Yes. Uh, But there's a way of doing sales, which is, you know, taking advantage of people's um, lack La- of knowledge lack about a technical area. Yes. Um, and then there's a way of doing sales saying, hey, this is a great thing for the right person. And if mm-hmm. this is what you're trying to achieve, this can be a great tool for you. Uh, but beware, this is how you use it. And this is how you don't use it. The wrong version of that is where you kind of tell somebody, you kind of try to conceal um, a lot of that they have to know, sell them on something, move on. Um, and you may have just given them enough rope with which to hang themselves. Right. Uh, that, so that's sales is great when done with integrity. Right. So give me an example. You know, I mean, without getting too technical, 
right? And I see this all the time also with plenty of different financial products, even with cost segregation, right? We'll have people that are going to try to sell the product without really understanding it, what it is, or, you know, perhaps understanding it, but not telling all of the, you know, the downsides. And people ask me when I'm interviewed on podcasts all the time, well, what are the downsides of cost segregation, right? And there's a list, okay? There's a laundry list. So the question is, if it's going to be right for you, in many cases it is, but in, in, you know, certain cases it's definitely not. So in retirement accounts, right? Give an example of some type of misinformation um, or people trying, you know, being presented with certain products without understanding the ramifications of those because the shiny object, right? You have, you know, this, this great tax savings and great tax shelter and everything like that, but what are they missing out? So there are, in this space, there are lots of different account types. Um, and then there may be folks out there that have gone ahead and try to market something in a way that conceals exactly what the account type is that they're selling. And mm. investors don't know what they're signing up for. They do not know the rules. And frankly, if you do not know what type of retirement account you have, you can't possibly play by the rules. Uh, so there, that's definitely going on out there. Uh, people will, may feel great because it, it may have a certain cachet associated with it because yeah. it's being presented as something novel and new yes. and, and innovative. Mm -hmm. um, you're getting your money. And so people may have this account. They may feel great because they got control of their money. They're controlling it. Um, it's gone into some sort of real estate deal. But that doesn't mean the liabilities aren't there because if all you have is a piece of paper, but from a tax perspective, you shouldn't be ha using that type of account or you're not operating the account the way it should be, then you're, you're better off without having that account. You want that shiny object mm -hmm. if you actually know how to use it and you know what the shiny object is. So surprisingly, I'm finding people that have a retirement account that they're investing in real estate. But when I ask them, so what type of account is this from a tax perspective? Yeah. How would the IRS classify this? And they just know a whole bunch of buzzwords. And they don't know because they, they signed up know. for some, right. They signed up for some, uh, some product, you know, offering them financial freedom, right. Through using their retirement accounts. And it has this, you know, fancy, fancy, you know, shiny words to it. And it's marketed great. And, you know, the person selling it may, have been interviewed on hundreds of podcasts and maybe really, you know, for example, and you know, when it comes to the nuts and bolts, the person who's holding it, which really is the, the one who has to bear the risk, doesn't even know what, what they have signed up for. Exactly. So it doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything wrong with that they signed up for. It's just impossible to know. It's a bit of hit or miss. But also, if they don't know what type of retirement account they really have, they can't manage it, right? So 401k plans have to be maintained a certain way. When you operate a 401k plan, there are technically a couple of different roles that have to be played. Now, those roles, some, you, know, you may have one individual or one service provider that's doing all those roles, but there are, there are about five or six different roles that have to be completed, right? Just like when I say an accountant and a tax strategist are two different roles, mm -hmm. but of course, your accountant can also be a tax strategist. He can wear two. There are distinct roles, but they can, you can have them both right. on a you single can wear individual. Both yeah. Right. Uh, so it, when you, when 401k plan, for example, 
um, any type of QRP qualified retirement plan. So you're going to have a document provider. You're going to have an administrator. You're going to have a trustee. You're going to have an investment manager, right? You're going to have the sponsor. These are all sorts of different roles. Now, you don't have to have five different service providers, you know, for that. But if somebody is presenting you as saying, hey, we're giving you a 401k plan, we're giving you QRP, but all that being is a document provider and are not looking out for any of the other roles. So you may think, hey, I've got a QRP. You've got a piece of paper, but you don't, may not have the operational support that you need mm. and the guidance to know whether or not you can actually have that QRP. So if you have that piece of paper, yeah. it's just a piece of paper. Gotcha. Okay, let's switch gears here for a little bit because, you know, obviously we can go on about this for, for ages. It's something, you know, a topic both of us feel passionately about clearly because, you know, we kind of take a different stance than many in, in this area. The two of us speaking, you know, my own mind, I think we share this in that education about financial, you know, topics is really the best form of sales in a way. Because you can provide, and this is, you know, really what I do with consegregation is I just provide as much information as possible, educate as many people as possible so that when they know about that, they'll know who to, who to go to, which is a great, you know, tool. Anyone who's listening to this, I think it's probably one of the greatest, you know, in our day and age, the greatest tools in, you know, building up warm sales uh, is, is that that secret just by itself. So, but let, let's switch gears to that because, you, you know, with, within that, you know, you are a small business owner now as well, right? And, and you're running your own company and you have you know, a lot of clients and, you know, thank God helping a lot of people become financially free by educating them. What are some of the challenges that you have had in setting up, you know, this kind of small business or, or this kind of, you know, role? That's a good question, and I'll give you a very frank answer. So, as as somebody that is, you can say, CPA, uh, various licenses, done an incredible amount of studying, reading tax code, mm-hmm. analysis, so very much cerebral, very logical, very technical, but in a way that kind of goes beyond the, like most people you know, think of tax code, you know, they dread it. Uh, and frankly, most accountants never look at tax code, right? It's tax code is not something that, and that level of analysis is not something that excites most people. And I, I love it. <laughs> uh, and then the question gets out there when you're actually, when you have a business, you have to deliver the product and that deliver a product properly. A technical mm-hmm. product requires technical expertise, but you've also got to sell it and selling it means interacting with people and kind of certain, it seems pushing certain emotional Mm. buttons and people seem to, what gets people going is emotions. And sometimes what seems to sometimes get to people is if their emotional buttons get pushed, they overlook the technical side. So. Gotcha. And that really goes back to, you know, what we were talking about before, right? With, kind of the emotional buttons of the financial freedom and take your retirement account, you know, and put it in your own hands and, you know, you get, this is the best type of thing you can ever get, right? Yeah. So go on. As, so I think emotions are important as a catalyst 
to take action, right? We, and as human beings, we're all like that. The reason why we'll choose to upend the status quo, make some sort of radical life-changing move, will usually be driven by emotion. But we have to then say, okay, the emotion is the catalyst, but let's analyze this with our minds because ultimately there's technical aspect to it. So we need the emotions to kickstart the process, but then we have to let our minds take over and to assess and analyze choices and make the smartest decisions that we can. Yeah. And it's a challenge with, you know, anyone who's marketing their services, right? Any company whatsoever, because you, you want to be able to, you know, market to the right people. And part of the, you know, strategy of marketing is using those emotions to create that catalyst that will trigger, you know, into action, right? The call to action and everything like that. So if it's not presented the right way, then you may not ever get to the next step. But I definitely hear what you're saying that you have to be careful when doing that to be, you know, intellectually honest with yourself and with those people that what you are actually presenting is true to the to the product itself. And giving people all the information that they need. And so, you know, when you get up front with all this technical stuff that can intimidate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to, I guess, you know, things that to me, I love it. You have to recognize it, like a step back, mm-hmm. take it slowly. Don't overwhelm people with this tax information. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, you know, I may have it coursing through my veins, but for most people, you know, they have to kind of, Give them the information, uh, but in a way that they can digest it and, uh, you know, and really take action based yeah. on that info. So that's, it is challenging. I, I totally, totally agree with that. And part of what I've developed myself is, you know, presenting consternation, which is a very complicated topic, not, you know, not, not anywhere nearly as complicated as, as retirement accounts because the, the tax code, you know, regarding 401ks and, you know, QRPs and uh, the, the IRAs, et cetera, are much more complicated, much more complex. But, you know, I've pre- come up with a method of presenting it in a way that is, you know, more palatable for, for most to understand and, and to take action. So I definitely hear and empathize with that challenge that, that you have. And uh, I think you've done a, a pretty good job of, you know, coming on many podcasts. And, you know, if, if anyone wants to get into the technical side of, you know, understanding the difference between a 401k and an IRA and uh, all the self you can just check out Bernard Reese, go to his, his website. He's been, he's been a guest on probably 50 or more podcasts discussing in detail so many different aspects of these. So I, I you know, urge you to check that out. We're going to jump right into the final four, Bernard. Our time is limited today, but I do appreciate you, you coming on and sharing with me. I hope we can, we can do this again. And we actually did a, uh, on one of our real estate connection virtual meetups a few weeks back, which you can check out our, our YouTube channel where that's posted. Bernard went into the difference between, uh, you know, some of the technical aspects of those and how to invest in real estate the right way and the wrong way. So we can get into that. But the final four, our number one question for you is what's the worst job that you ever had? The worst job that I ever had. Uh, so when I began my career, one of the the roles that I had uh, was in a firm that did due diligence, due diligence um, and agreed upon procedures. So it's kind of going over to companies and analyzing things and seeing how, you know, how they're performing, where they can do better. And also for investors to understand potential 
weaknesses. And coming into the position, so I was entry level, but I had suggestions. I'm the kind of person that questions everything. Yeah. And it was frustrating to be in that role where everybody kind of just does, okay, there's a template. These are the kind of procedures that we do. And I came in, I was like, what's like, why did we do it like this? It would be better <laughs> if we did it like that. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we can, you know, we're checking for this. No reason to check for that. There's a much easier way to do it. But we're, we're not even looking for this kind of thing. What about that concern? And when you're at the beginning and they're like, it's like just do what you're supposed to do. Don't <laughs> ask so many questions. So that was, I think, frustrating in the sense like, you know, you have great ideas, but you know, there's kind of a hierarchy yeah. and there's people you between your place. <laughs> exactly. So in a way, it was rewarding to see just a year later where all my suggestions were implemented. But then it also comes with this feeling of like, why do we have to wait a year? If these were good suggestions 12 months ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can relate to that. Okay. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Question number two, Bernard, what's a book you've read that has given you a paradigm shift? I have to think really hard. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with what the angel taught you. Is that your final answer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a great book. Okay. What, what the Andrew angel taught you. So what is that book? Um, so the premise of the book is that when we approach life, there are, as human beings, there's an incredible amount of paradigms and choices that we have to make, conceptual, emotional, psychological, moral, religious. And it can be confusing. If we listen to all the talking heads that are out there, we can have our heads spinning. Sometimes we can even use that as an excuse to avoid making decisions ourselves and thinking for ourselves. Uh, because, all right, there's an opinion every way is acceptable because anything, every position out there has somebody advocating for it. And what this book is about is like, no, you were born with what it takes for you to make decisions yourself. Take a step back oh. and realize the answers are within you. Just check those emotions, be objective, put aside the noise, think for yourself and reach conclusions. That's a great summary. Okay. So everyone's got to check this book out, What the Angel Taught You. Okay. Because uh, I can vouch for vouch for the teachings in it and, you know, all the things that Bernard just summed up over here. So yeah, check that out. Number three, what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? I think we'll use that as an extension of our, our, our discussion, <laughs> Yeah, uh, which is kind of, I don't have the skill or talent you want to learn or maybe, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to respond to that with a, a I'm going to counter with another question. Okay. <laughs> um, is it really important? Uh -huh. Is it really important for every one of us to master certain skills, right? I recognize perhaps that there are roles for each of us to fulfill. And while, and it's not a deficiency not to have a certain skill. On the contrary, every deficiency is the flip side. It's the other side of a token, the other side of a strength and vice yeah. versa. Every strength is the flip side of some sort of weakness. Um, so there really is no strength or weakness. Um, it's just recognizing what you, what I, what we are meant to contribute. And then when we all collaborate and come together, there's this just beautiful harmony. 
So maybe, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Maybe we'll say, you know, the skill is to, to find the right people to do the roles that, that need to complement your best talents or, or something like that. That's amazing. Okay, perfect. And what does success mean to you, Byron? Success means uh, being able to live life in alignment with real values not to get lost in the noise. And then you can end up, ironically, you can end up in this place where you neglect your raison Mm. (laughs) d'etre because you're getting caught up in your day-to-day. And I think that's real success for me would be able to say that I'm living each moment in alignment with the ultimate purpose. Wow. That is quite profound. Okay, everyone's gonna you know think about that for a little more. Uh, we're gonna we'll leave you with that. And Bernard, we already mentioned a few ways people can connect with you. We can reach out to you, and we're gonna put them in the show notes. But where can people find you? Best place is four zero one k checkbook dot com. Uh, obviously, there's agentfinancial dot com, and sometimes I just say Google Bernard Reese. Um, you'll find all sorts of great content, great resources, which will lead you to Nirvana. and with that we will leave you with nirvana cue that no um thank you very much ron it's it's always a pleasure talking to you it's always a pleasure having you you know just having a conversation whether casually professionally i value you as a as a person as an advisor as someone who provides so much value to so many people out there and you know continue continue doing that i wish you much success and you know i appreciate you coming on Thank you, Yona. Thank you for having me. It's always just pure joy to be with you, whether in person or Zooming remotely, and continued success. Keep doing what you're doing, and we will stay in touch. Thank you. And to all our listeners, thank you. I appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to this. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I wanna hear from you guys. So I wanna hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.